0: what's going on everybody welcome to making the turn the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas including golf course management sports turf sales business education landscaping and more making the turn is hosted by me bj parker i've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry mostly as a golf course superintendent and now i want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people i've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. what's going on everybody welcome into another episode of the making the turn podcast i am your host bj parker and i appreciate you joining me and uh again we're coming at coming to you from the uh, university of tennessee knoxville turf grass field days we're in beautiful knoxville tennessee right here on the river and i can't tell you how nice of a day it is and uh it's been a joy to sit down and chat with many people in our industry and i have another individual that uh I, haven't, I don't know a ton about, but I've gotten to meet him, and we've talked some in, uh, in my in my uh, travels in this industry. Uh, he is a well-respected professor here at the University of Tennessee, and he is Mr. Dr. John Sorokin. How you doing, sir?
1: I'm good, BJ. How are what, you? What
0: is your official title here?
1: I'm a actually Distinguished Professor at the University of Tennessee. Distinguished? Yes.
0: Is that made up, or is that?
1: I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a title that they give you to, I, I guess, a... Somewhat reward you on accomplishments that you do, but, you know. Is
0: that like one foot out the door? or <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think so. It, yeah.
1: Give me the pink slip. Yeah. Keeps me from going anywhere else probably, though.
0: That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining me and sitting down and doing this. I've had an opportunity to talk to Dr. Brosnan, and he was gracious enough to invite me up here, and mm-hmm. it's been a beautiful day. Couldn't have dialed up the weather any better. It's amazing, isn't it? I needed a pullover this morning. Yeah, it what was a little was chilly, yeah. but
1: uh, it's a great backdrop, too, for yep. uh, of, a, of a research center, yep. isn't it? You oh, it, the river it, it is.
0: I mean, um, is all this y'all's
1: responsibility? Just the turf part. Okay. You know, you know obviously there's soybean, switchgrass, corn, yeah. all sorts of research. So sure. There's a bunch of a bunch of colleagues that we have in the Institute of Agriculture that yeah. we all work on yeah. our livelihoods out here.
0: Yeah. Well, based on your accent, I'm, I'm guessing that you're not from here. So tell everybody about you and how you ended up at UT.
1: Well, I, I am a southerner, but I'm from southern Canada <laughs> yeah. in uh, Alberta, a city called Calgary. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've been, I was born and raised in Calgary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to Michigan State to study turf grass because okay. I wanted to be a golf course architect like my neighbor that I grew up with. Yeah. And he worked for Robert Trent Jones in Spain and building and shaping and designing courses all over Europe. Yep. thought that's what I want to do. That's what
0: you want to do, huh?
1: Yeah, so I went to Michigan State and uh, interned in the Boulders Golf Resort in, okay. in Arizona, and I worked at Earl Grey Golf Course in Calgary for, And I was an irrigation tech before I left to go to state. Okay. And when I was there, the uh, World Cup soccer was in the U.S. in 94, and one of the challenges was one of the host cities was Detroit, and we... But Michigan State got the challenge of having to put grass in the Silver Dome where the Lions play. I remember that. I remember that. Okay. And so I got, as an undergrad at the time, and I got to work on that project. Yeah. And uh, that switched me from wanting to be a golf course architect slash superintendent to uh, wanting to do sports turf research. Sure. You know, trying to put grass at the highest level indoors, that's the first time that was ever done. Yeah.
0: Well, talk to me about that process, because I, I, I'd heard about it, but how did that actually come about?
1: So what happened was that Detroit was granted one of the cities right. to host it, and uh, you know the, the Tigers play baseball there, and it was baseball season when it was going on, so right. they, they couldn't use that stadium, and they didn't want to use the Silver Dome because it was artificial turf. Right. And— so the next one was the closest stadium was Michigan Stadium. Right. But, you know, being a Michigan State alum, I didn't want them to host it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but uh, they would have had to ripped out the wall to yeah. fit the dimensions of a, of a full-size soccer field in that stadium. So right. that wasn't a go. Okay. So we got the challenge of growing basically almost 2,000 hexagon-shaped modules in the parking lot. Okay. And six inches deep. And we put Kentucky bluegrass, perennial ryegrass in them, grew them in the parking lot, and... Uh, put them together? A week before the first game, we moved them in like a beehive honeycomb yeah. and put them in there with triangles and trapezoids on the edges and corners to yeah. make it a rectangle.
0: That's wild. So, so how, did, how did you end up uh, going from there to being at University of Tennessee?
1: So what, doing that and doing the research is what made me fall in love with the research. Right. And at that time, uh, John Steyer, who was the technician for Trey Rogers, my major professor okay. at Michigan State, said I should go on to grad school. Yeah. And so I went on to grad school doing research. And as I was finishing up, I stayed at Michigan State because I was a technician there, yeah. my Ph.D., um, I, UT had an opening. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Lloyd Callahan had retired, and he'd been gone for a couple years. And I was already coming down here because my in-laws had retired to East Tennessee. Right. So I, I had— Great a, retirement
0: place. Oh, it's
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they retired, and we were, I was already coming down here for Thanksgiving. And I, I had the opportunity to come and interview for, for the job here uh-huh. at UT— at a time when the program was, you know, had good numbers, but there was no not a lot going on. It was just Dr. Samples and he yeah. didn't have a teaching appointment. Sure. So they weren't sure what was gonna happen with the program. And I was able to come in and, you know, since then we've we've built a really large team. Yeah. In addition to just Tom and I. It's uh, you know, Doctor Brosnan and Doctor Horvath and yeah. a slew of technicians and, you know, other people that participate with us and you know, from Alan Wyndham and Frank Hale and in sure. Nashville. So it's great. It's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, uh, it, is, it is. I mean, the, the the theme that I've heard guys who have been former students or, or guys that I've talked to have just seen the progress of this program grow from a single class to now this massive field day and a lot of things going on. And, and uh, I mean, I can't – I mean – it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's exciting, you know, and it's cause one of the things was when you said one class, we had, there were two classes, that's yeah. all. And yeah. now we, I think we have almost a dozen turf grass specific classes. Sure. And the biggest thing I think that put a mark on us was, uh, we created, I create in 2006 is one of the things I helped create. And I had other colleagues that weren't turf professors that helped teach was right. our spring block. Right and now it's Dr. Horvath and I, and our department head senseman and, and Dr. Steyer that helped teach these things. Sure. And it's our spring block, and it's an eight-week semester, okay. in, in for juniors, and that's been huge for when we try to send our students out on internships. Yep, uh, they're 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 there March first to start. So if you've got bentgrass greens, you know you're air fine in March. The interns don't get there till May, right? right? right. So right. they're sure. they're getting that experience to, you know, Dave Meller with the Boston Red Sox or Nicole Sherry with the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. call us first and say. What students can you send us? Because they know they're going to be there a month before opening day.
0: That's huge.
1: You know, whereas the other students get there a month and a half after opening day. Yeah. So it's a great experience for them to learn and get get those, you know, on-the-job placements too. Yeah. Well, talk about –
0: because we we talked about before we started recording that labor is an issue in our industry, Mm -hmm. not only in golf course industry, which is a lot of what I talk about, but other industries Mm -hmm. in general – how is the student? How how's the students look? I mean, obviously the program's grown, but are you seeing the increase in the students?
1: Yeah, we've we well, we've kind of plateaued off right okay. now. Um, we've actually had a, a minor dip, but um, you know, I, our our program, like many, uh, about eight years ago, saw the plummet. You know, most of the programs, some of them don't have any students to all single digits. Sure. You know, and the, you know, these are the programs, Virginia Tech, Kentucky. I don't know if they have any. Yeah, you know, I'm talking with my colleague Doug Karcher at Arkansas. You know, they're down, you know, single digits to 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, Florida, I don't know if they have any in their program. And, you know, we were down. We got down to, uh, we had a large graduating class and about 12 that graduated. And uh-huh. that put us, you know, in about nine students. Okay. And we, we hired a recruiter. Um, and we, we hired a recruiting company that does UT athletics. Right. And, you know, all the, the, the Tombers group and how to market and figure out strategies to attract students and we we jumped our numbers when everyone around the country was dropping sure we jumped our numbers to just just over 50 yeah Um, we're down now i think somewhere in the mid to high 30s we had a big graduating class and i think we're seeing a little bit of a a a dip because of what's called the tennessee promise Uh so it's now free to go to community college right and I think what we do is most of our students, 80% of them, I would say, are, are transfer students from community college. So they're all going to community college sure. first instead of UT and paying yeah. two years and then hopefully coming. So we'll hopefully spike back up. Yeah. But we just have a little bit of a dip. But, yeah, it's uh, people don't believe us. But, yeah, our numbers are up. I mean, yeah. our field days is, is massive. We yeah. close to 600 people, you know, 500 and some people here, whereas a lot of states are going every other year with field days. And you yeah. know, we try to be creative and, and promote and market. And that was part of that Tombers group teaching us to attract students
0: sure so how, as far i mean i know you it's probably not something you track but as far as a program in terms of um where where you sort of rank in terms of a turfgrass program or you is that something you feel like you guys are in the top part of or sort of in the middle or how, is that I, something you look at
1: yeah well we you know there's no official rankings yeah. like they do they do have rankings for business class schools sure. and things like that but i you know, if you look at productivity of, of student numbers and where they go, graduate student presentations and publications from yeah. grad students and, and faculty doing research, uh, we're, we're up there with any in the country. Um, sure. We're one of the top. Uh, definitely put us in that area. And that's because we have a critical mass of faculty. Yeah. And, you know, no one person's bigger than the program. Yeah. So, you know, myself, Jim Brosnan, Brandon Horvath, you know, yeah. Two, two of us working on something gets three times, four times the work done, or yeah. the pr- if the recognition. So we, we're, we're definitely a team here, and we love it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So talk to me. Uh, we're at Field Days. It's uh, something y'all do annually. Uh, it's pretty much around the same time, end of August, 1st of September. What do you got going on here that you're specifically involved in and some of the things that uh, you'd like to talk about and share? I mean, I, I've seen a couple of things, but uh, there's a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, so, you know, my, my, my research program, the majority of it focuses on sports turf research. Okay. Um, we probably have one of the largest, if not the largest, sports turf research program in the world. Uh-huh. In my, and, you know, you look at all the things we're doing from natural grass to even artificial. You yeah. Know, we have students that are graduating and becoming sports field managers, and they got to look after an artificial field, and we knew nothing about it. So right. So we, we got to learn about it because sure. it's not going away. Yeah. And right. What are the pros and the cons of having both natural and artificial fields, and how do, how do they, you know, synergize? Right. Right. Um, and then I I, I I love to do the mechanical part of, of putting green work. Okay. Um, so I, I've, I've always done putting green stuff, a lot of mowing work. I've done a lot of, like, frequency eclipse, behind uh-huh. center distance, mowing heights, mowing frequencies. Right. I think one of the biggest accomplishments of our research program here was, you know, doing the alternating mowing and rolling work with creeping right. bentgrass greens during summer heat stress. Yeah. And to see the tweets that go out from, you <laughs> know, you know. Chris Sykes or, or uh, you know, Jordan Clark at, at the Telco Village golf courses of you know, our greens and the roots are on them so great. And we're right. mowing, we're alternating mowing and rolling, yeah. you know, starting in June throughout the summer. And they attribute a lot to that. Yeah. It's based off of work we've done here. Yeah. To, uh, you know, we have expanded it to uh, some of the stops that we've got are uh, our zoysia grass putting greens. Right. You know. When we saw that change... I'm super excited mm, about that. Yeah, and I am too. Um, and I get kind of giddy when I see these things because when I got here 17 years ago, yeah. in 2002, Memphis was maybe 50% Bermuda. Uh-huh. And that was it right. for the state, sure. right? And now, you know, the last course, I think, went to Bermuda and Memphis. Yeah. Maybe there's one or two courses, but not many, if yeah. any. Memphis is almost mostly Bermuda greens now. Chattanooga, yeah. it's about 50%, maybe more. Yeah, You know, and we've got several in, in, in the Knoxville area. And one of the things my PhD was looking at shade, when I started getting phone calls like I have all this problems on my Bermuda grass greens. Well, it's because 'cause you've got shade and you didn't see that when you had bank grass, which was a lot better shade tolerant grass right. you know, Bermuda grass comes in fourth in a three horse race for shade tolerance. No doubt. So, no. you know, cut down the trees. Yeah. Well, we can't cut down the trees, they're not our trees. Right. Or it's a memorial tree. You yeah. know, that oh. <laughs> you know those the the me memorial started. trees. Yeah, I think yeah. memorial ball washers, yeah. not memorial trees are what they need yeah. to do. Put
0: a put a plaque on the building somewhere and call it good. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but you know, so you know, that's what's got me. You know, these zoysia grasses, like Bermuda grass, when they came out, we didn't know how to manage these things. So the cart almost got put before the horse. Right. A lot of trial and error. So we want to look at these zoysia grasses because they have improved shade tolerance, Uh a lot better than the Bermuda. So, and different diseases, but less diseases than what we're seeing on some of them. One one variety we haven't seen any disease on it yet. Not even you know. Brown patch or large Nothing. patch or zoysia patch, whatever you want to call it, Rhizoc. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, that's, that's crazy, you know, because when we see these ultra door Bermuda grass greens, one of the things that we were told was they have way less disease than bentgrass yeah. Well, they have the same mm. diseases and some more expensive diseases to control when you think yeah. of mini ring or, or spring dead spot. Sure. So, you know, that's, they're definitely not maintenance free. And so we look at less nutrients, less things for these zoysia greens, and that's what we're talking about here today. And then yeah. a lot of our sports turf stuff.
0: So, what is the actual trial on the zoysia greens up there? What do so you
1: got? we just got established. We got four varieties of experimental okay. varieties, or one, they're on the market now. Sure. a lot of them, and you can buy them. And so we got four varieties, and right now we've got a, a just a different fer- fertility study looking okay. at two different rates, a tenth versus two tenths of a pound. But you know, we it, I'm what's looking, the duration? What's
0: the time frame on that?
1: Um, well is that it's, it's every 2 weeks okay every 2 yeah, weeks, every two weeks. All right, gotcha. yeah so we're putting it down we just started that and we haven't really seen a lot of differences but what we found is you know you, you apply the labeled rate of primo to these zoysia greens um, that you would for ultradoor bermuda grass greens and it shocks them. It, it it there's a lot of phyto and it knocks yeah. them right back and you know th- cuz there's no label for zoysia grass putting greens, zoysia grass fairways, yes, yeah, but at, so at greensite, so sure. it's not on the label. So we're yep. we're getting ready to want to look at all the tolerances of yep. different herbicides, fungicides. You know what what kind what mowing heights? We're it at one fifteen right now. But Is that, that what's up there now? 115? Yeah, 115, yep. But I've heard people are getting down to .095, <laughs> You know.
0: Well, people are doing that with Bermuda too. It's crazy to me, but speed kills. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's amazing the height. Well, the mowers are. A lot better too these days and right. and you know the height of cut mm-hmm. and what the prism gauge says i'm there's a whole different conversation about yeah. all of that I what mean, mower are you using what's yeah, your behind yeah, center yeah, distance yeah, you know the yeah. three mower to cut
1: versus the actual height yeah, of cut yeah. effective height of cut is always different yeah,
0: yeah. well i'm exci- i'm super excited about the zoysia grass sounds like mm-hmm. you are too i i think because it it's it there needs to be it's in the conversation now if you're looking at changing over if You've got mm-hmm. bent grass, it's been, you know, you're looking at maybe swapping because you, you mentioned it. How many people have gone from bent in our area mm-hmm. to now ultra dwarfs and ultimately zoysia. The challenge that i I see is, is that they can only, there's very limited places you can that if I'm a guy making the decision, I want to see it in, in actual use, right? And that's that seems to be where people are hung up. They can go look at ultra dwarfs all day long, right? But they can't really go look at um, how, how a zoysia grass green performs and and uh. You know, some people just want to see a car before they buy it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah,
1: exactly. And you know, there's and a lot of people are proactive and creative. Yeah. And like, you know, you've got a you've got a practice green, a chipping green, a yep. nursery green, or whatever. Go put it in put there it in. and let yep. and let it let the members say. And that was there was a big push at, at uh, I think it was either Tanasi or Tokwa, um, to convert those to Bermudagrass greens. And yep. then you know it's when right when Chris Sykes I think became the superintendent there sure. shortly, and they put it in one of the practice greens, and you know. He got those bent grass greens turned around so good that they're like, why would we want this? They like the bent grass greens better and yeah. they, they stayed bent, yeah. you know, because a lot of their plays in October, November, and February and March. And yeah. you know, that's when the bent grass is doing really well. Yeah. So
0: Well, I, I'm I I again I'm you know, the the just piqued my interest mm-hmm. because I'm I work for a golf course that's sort of a it's a power three, it's a driving range facility, low budget. And he's, he's had Bermuda, back mm-hmm. to bent Bermuda. And one of the applications that I see is, not that it's foolproof, but the, the improved cold tolerance is huge. Someone who's in a low budget, the fertility is less. There's a lot lot of things once you start talking about it right. where this is an application that may fit.
1: Right. Less, less like you said, the yep. fertility is going to be lower. Um, but the it's not growing as much, so you yeah. could maybe skip mowing frequencies in the summer a little bit every other day potentially um different things like that the disease pressure you save a lot in fungicides i think with these oyster grass greens compared to bermuda
0: and And that's another thing i mean it it it, all signs point towards Mm -hmm. um improved putting quality from what you probably have but some inputs being less Mm -hmm. and that's not what you could say about that's a that's a very bad conversation if you talk about ultra dwarf right because that's not the case. It's it's almost more the same, or even more. Mm-hmm. In turn, you, yeah, you're not hand watering and you yeah. know chasing it down in the heat, but you're covering right. in the winter and covering doing some other things. Yeah, and and, I, and you probably cover. You probably we, we cover them. Yeah. I mean,
1: they they do have improved cold tolerance, but yeah. I, it's it's not worth the risk when it's going to get really cold. Do you to go do an uncheck them. where you leave them uncovered? Um, we did previously on a on a study that I had a, a PhD student yeah. looked at champion Bermuda grass, Diamond Zoysia grass at the time, yeah. and Tiff Eagle and Sea dwarf Past Palom, all at site We did cover and uncovered, and sure, the the best one was the the grass by far. Yeah, but it did better when you did cover it. Yeah, the other thing you'd save on is you don't have to paint them. Yeah. they really don't lose their green color when they go dormant, and that, so they're green year round.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a conversation I had too, because I, I was thinking you know I've painted some Zoysia and it looks really good, mm-hmm. but like why just, yeah i mean you can manage the color with the yeah. covers and yeah, just go with it exactly they don't because they don't they don't truly go dormant yeah, yeah
1: or it's one app instead of two that you'd normally do on right right, so. right.
0: yeah mm-hmm. so what about the sports turf stuff what do you got going on over there
1: so the sports turf stuff we've got a lot going on we yep. probably have more than 25 different sports turf projects yeah. underway but probably right now the most exciting one we're doing is what well, using our, what we call the Flex test device. Okay. And it's a one-of-a-kind machine that actually simulates foot strikes, rotational, translational uh, foot strikes of a, anything from a 25-pound athlete. <laughs> what does this
0: machine look like? <laughs> uh,
1: it's pretty cool. It's yeah. about the size of a – it's a little bit smaller than a golf cart maybe, yeah. and it's portable and it moves around, yeah. but it's got a couple of feet that smack the ground, Yeah. and you can put different shoes on them and test all sorts of different things and we can simulate the foot strike of like a 25 pound athlete so like little mary playing soccer to bubba at 380 pounds playing football okay and we can now compare shoes to different surfaces natural and artificial and it gives all the forces back on the body because it's all been calibrated in a biomechanics lab we work with biomechanics and kinesiology to, to do what human test subjects or human athletes forces are being generated okay so we can say what Strains are being applied on the Achilles tendon to your knees oh, wow. and the likelihood of getting hurt if you wear this shoe on this surface. Right. So, Or how fast you can maybe be running on a surface if it's different than the others. We can measure acceleration, yeah. deceleration, all sorts of different things. It's really cool. What's
0: some, what's some of the things you've sort of discovered in that process that you anticipated or not anticipated? So,
1: you know, we, we look at things, and probably the, the safest and the best Natural or best sports turf surface you can play on, regardless of shoes, whether it's wet or dry. Yeah. The safest is probably a hundred percent Kentucky bluegrass, because because oh, it, yeah. it breaks away. Okay. And that's the nice thing. And it takes away that strain from the body. Sure. The toughest thing to do is keep a hundred percent Kentucky bluegrass, you know, on a on a daily use public soccer field, right. or even in Tennessee, right? Right. But Bermuda grass, obviously has the stolens and rhizomes that really grab more yeah and but it has better wear tolerance right. so we, we look at you now what shoes should you wear in Bermuda grass versus bluegrass okay. and how do you make those safer and, and for from kids to uh nfl athletes we're doing yeah. projects for yeah
0: huh now are you doing the same thing with the artificial turfs the synthetics what, what's yes the... we do the same thing with synthetic right. turf okay. so uh,
1: you know we have a three and a half million dollar facility that was a, for sports turf, for sure. natural and artificial grass, that was funded by AstroTurf to look at how do we make all athletic fields safer, including natural grass. Yeah. So we're pretty proud of what we've got there, and you know, you look at a lot of the NFL stadiums; they now use Northbridge Bermuda grass. Yeah. Well, that grass was developed at Oklahoma State, but we did the initial testing here for sports turf and identified that it had superior wear tolerance to you know what they were using was 419 Way that had been developed in the 60s yeah. by Dr. Burton. You know, now they've all switched to that because of work we did at Tennessee yeah. on an Oklahoma State grass. Now, you know, the Redskins, the Ravens, the, <laughs> you know, the Chiefs, yeah. they all use this grass. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're pretty proud of that from our work.
0: Yeah. Is the movement to try to get back away in sports turf, away from synthetics and move back towards natural grass?
1: Um, I don't know there's a movement. You see some of it happening yeah. at the higher levels. You sure. know, the You know, the Ravens went to natural grass from artificial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the University of Arkansas just switched this year back to natural grass Um, but then there's other schools that are colleges and high schools that are going to artificial and one is because of use or one is to keep up with the Joneses or whatever it is so You know, but there's there's some schools where they use it for you know now they got lacrosse and soccer yeah. and football and gym class so multi-use yeah stuff. multi-use yeah. so it, it's, it's it's sort of it's a necessity a in that situation in some aspects yeah. yeah you know if you got six fields at a, at a high school or something maybe one could be artificial and the yeah. rest could be grass just to take off the, the strain under inclement weather from the yeah. grass
0: do you do any temperature studies and stuff like that?
1: Okay. Yeah, we've we've developed a model to predict surface temperatures on okay. artificial turf, and uh, that's available. And you can look at it and using solar radiation and you know weather station data. Yeah. But yeah, we've the highest temperature we've recorded I think was 186 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. But yeah. Ty- yeah. Typically, it, it can get hot, yeah. and so the, there's an education thing on on how to make sure that they're you know children aren't playing on these fields when they're too hot, yeah, or cool. or adults.
0: Because I guess with the uh, crumb rubber and some of the soles and things, that can be, that, yeah, that could have a negative effect. Well, the,
1: the green fibers we find is the primary culprit of, of yeah. the temperature. So yeah. not just the the black infill, but it's the green fibers that that produce it. Yeah. But we've also had pretty high temperatures on Bermuda grass fields too. When it's 95 out, we've had 125, okay. 130. That's on unirrigated ones. If you can irrigate and get a little bit and let that grass transpire, yeah. it, it's a good cooler. And cooler, it's, it's yeah. only 95 degrees. Sure. Or, 90, or 98 it's degrees. It's a big difference.
0: It's mm-hmm. a Yeah. So, what other uh, research are you looking at in the future or some of the things you got going on maybe that we didn't touch on?
1: So, some of the stuff we're starting to get into is more soccer research. We okay. do some, you know, Nashville's getting an MLS team. Yeah. And so, we're going to look at zoysia grasses for soccer. There you go. Um, you know, you look at the MLS season. And they're going to probably go with Bermuda grass, but they'll overseed it because it starts in late February. Yeah. And so they'll have ryegrass and then you get that transition. And we all know what it looks like when you transition to Bermuda. Right. never It's never pretty. Right. And so that's right in the heart of their season. The heart of the, you know, two or three months into their season, they, they have to go through that. And so we have some of the thoughts of if we look at some of these zoysia grasses like the greens, they keep their green color. Yeah. And a lot of these stadiums, I'm not sure what they're doing with Nashville, but, you know, you look at Kansas City, for instance. They're very proactive, and they built their stadium for their Kansas City sporting. Uh-huh. They put in a heating system, and it's gridded in, in quadrants of six or six six sexlets or whatever, six tuplets or whatever. Yeah, right. That they could The southwest corner is the coldest part. Yeah. They can have that different than the northeast corner, which yeah. gets more sunlight, and they can control the heat. So we're thinking you could have a zoysia grass for soccer because it, it would – ball would roll great you yeah. know obviously not mowing a green top but you're mowing at a quarter to a half or yeah. three quarters of an inch yeah and it would play great for soccer but you could also wouldn't have to overseed it yeah and so that would be a really
0: what's a the good footing like on that on that type of zoysia is it it seemed like it'd be a little slick but maybe not no it's, 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 it's actually good? quite
1: grippy yeah. um you, there's some of the things you know if you think of playing zoysia grass fairways and you know how bristly sure. it is and you're yeah. driving that's it's almost we got to watch it it's not too rigid I got almost you. like an exfoliator if you yeah. do a slide tackle so yeah we want to make sure oh, it's, <laughs> that know. wouldn't be good exfoliator i, I <laughs> like how you worded that that's yeah. good
0: so um anything else you got as far as uh stuff that's maybe coming down the pipeline so doing
1: some of that yeah. um, we're continuing to do Bermuda grass screening variety work looking yeah. at you know this this tahoma 31 that yeah. is a new Bermuda grass variety is yeah is talk to me about that a little
0: bit because i think that's new and uh, i'm excited about what i've heard about it
1: yeah so that's what they put in arkansas and it's another grass out of oklahoma state and when we trafficked it in our NTEP trial it showed that it had superior wear tolerance to to all the other grasses that were in the in the NTEP trial one of those reasons why that hank arkansas has gone with it is they probably saw the same thing yeah so and it's exceptional cold tolerance and it's, it's a late grass to go dormant so I think Pat at University of Arkansas, who never overseeded when they had Riviera Bermuda grass, he used irrigation and covers to keep it, to get to the end of the football season. You know, you can keep it green. You don't have to go through that ryegrass. Sure. Keep a healthier base of Bermuda going to the next season. So I think Tahoma's one that's up there, Northbridge. You know TiffT we're doing some work with tiffT yeah. as well, extremely drought tolerant We found that it has double the root mass of other Bermuda grasses right so I don't know that it's drought tolerant as much as it is drought avoidant right, right. It, it longer periods it can harvest water from a greater profile in the soil um, for longer when you go you know if we go thirty days without water right well,
0: man, that's certainly a, a <laughs> lot i mean i you know I, I the technologies with grass and the use for them is ever-changing and massive and not only in golf but in sports turf. And sounds like you guys are leaders in the clubhouse, so to speak, on uh, what's coming down the pipe and looking at everything. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I wish we had a crystal ball, but we just try to be visionary and uh, and identify. And and a lot of it comes from, Are you you
0: working with stuff that you can't talk about, that you're excited about?
1: No. Everything we're doing we we, we can talk about. But, you know, what's exciting is, you know, we we get our ideas from, you know, sports field managers and golf course superintendents. What are your problems out there and what are you seeing? And I can't
0: get goosegrass out of bent grass. That's what I'm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Brozinski's. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's yeah, how yeah. hey, he's helping me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, no. But that's exactly what yeah. it is. Is you know, and a lot of times as golf course superintendents, you're doing things that you know, but it hasn't been proven, quantified sure. in the science. So we're we're going out and doing your trial and error, and we're quantifying it, yeah. and we try to get it published so so other people will talk about it, and we can learn, and you know what your what your tricks in the trade are yeah. for doing something, we can do the same thing. Yeah. And get, let other people know, learn from what you're doing, type thing.
0: Yeah. Well, um, you get, you guys are doing a great job here. Research looks like a, another huge success. 500, 600 people here, and and um, I, I imagine it's only going to get bigger. And, and plans for future stuff. Yeah it's, yeah, it's
1: exciting. We get people that come. You know, there's people from England here, and there's people from. Right. We've had people come from uh, from Asia, Southeast yeah. Asia before, and now that I know there's, you know texas so it's 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 gone beyond just east tennessee yeah you know it's 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 great
0: yeah is this a fundraiser type deal for you guys
1: it's not really a fundraiser no um we, we cover our costs with the with the registration fee sure. and stuff but you know you get a great barbecue and you got jason's deli for breakfast yeah. you know we get some sponsors and things like that to uh support support it but what it is it's, it's it's a way for us to disseminate all the research yeah to to the to to the people that are using it and yeah. need it so sure yeah, and to get pesticide points, I guess. For people, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always a. That's underlying, not why people are here, no, right? That's no, that's not why people are
0: here. <laughs> so the golf facility, mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance. But do you do anything with that? What are sort of some of the grasses that you might be putting into actual use down there
1: yeah so the irony of that place is uh like i said when we first started this podcast i wanted to be a golf course architect yeah that's my only architectural design i've you, ever you done. got a
0: you got a sort your of name recognition on that negative um oh. i'm not
1: good at recruiting but when i first got here in yeah. 2002 i met with a golf coach and that was just going to be a, a driving range yeah and uh, i took a topo map of the area and i drew in a three-hole golf course for forum around it a par four a par three and a par four slash five coming yeah, back sure and it was going to be zoysia fairway, Bermuda grass fairways, bent grass greens, b- Bermuda grass green, you know, different tees and all that. So they yeah. could play if they're going to go play a course, they could play these different things. Yeah. And uh, and the driving range was in the middle. And I put it in, designed it all up because you know I took drafting AutoCAD sure. classes, but I just I I just did it on the on the topo map, gave it to them, rolled it to them, and they they sent it off to Greg Norman Golf Course oh. Design, and they he, put it he, in their in their CAD and put their name on it because they took you know, it from you. Wow, well, he's a lot better at recruiting. If he could say it's a Greg Norman golf course design than a John Sorokin, for sure. I, I understand. So I, I, understand. It, 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 yeah. I was I'm very proud that that actually got put to fruition, yeah. and uh, you know, it's it's come a long ways with you the need new a clubhouse. Co-de- you need a co-designer on it. There you go. Uh, this, now that now that yeah. now that
0: it's up and running.
1: Yeah, but it's like a golf course superintendent or a sports field manager, right? Yeah. The best golf course greens or the the best sports field are the ones that aren't talked about after the game, right? Oh, absolutely. They go have a great round yeah. and they shot a great score. It's not how great the greens were, it's yeah. how good of a golfer they are, right? Yeah, no doubt. But if they're bad greens, it's not and they have a bad round. Yep. Or even if they're good greens yeah. and they have a bad round, it's, sure. it's how bad the greens are, oh. right? So, That's the same one, thing with that. <laughs> for sure,
0: for sure. That's one of the things that the reason why I started this podcast in a lot of ways was because we don't our side of the industry and in just in general, just not a lot of conversation, discussion, content out there. And if it is, it's usually something bad. Somebody's right. tore up something. The golf course had their greens were damaged or whatever. And, and I just, I don't like that narrative. I didn't like the way it was going. And, and when I researched starting this, and I said, there's a lot here that we can do that's behind the scenes. People don't know about it. There's mm-hmm. individuals in this mm-hmm. business people can learn from. Right. And um, it's, it's moving in that direction. It's been good. Right,
1: mm-hmm. and, that, and I, I, I love that because I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. I travel a lot, yeah, and uh, I love to download them when I'm flying on long flights. And I, I listen to your podcast, and it, it's it's that it's that very thing you just said because so many superintendents don't pat themselves on the back, sure. Like they, and you know, for you to highlight some of the things that they're doing, that's pretty amazing, and other people to hear is that's that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think we need more of that. Like you said, the good news.
0: I I, pre- I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate mm-hmm. you listening because. Uh, it means, it means everything to me that I, I, people think this is something that I, that I'm doing because I, I it's one of the things that I thought I want to give back. This mm-hmm. got, this industry has given me so much and I, and golf has given me an end to talk to people and I've met a lot of people and I can, I can, I can encourage guys to come on, but I want guys to tell their story and right. to give them some, give people something that you know others might be battling or if they want a job in this business or and not just in golf and sports turf or wherever and so i feel like that i'm doing that i feel mm-hmm. like that i'm exposing some of that i feel like the guys are opening up to it and the people that i've had on have been great in terms of sharing their story and sharing where they've come from and what they've been and uh, the feedback's been very similar to what you said it's yeah. been great and and um and it's diverse
1: it just, you you got you got all sorts of different yeah I had a guy who writes a
0: country music a couple of episodes <laughs> ago and you know, and I was able to intertwine that into golf, and mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's I didn't want to just be centered on one thing. I wanted really? to kind of be diverse, like you said. So yeah. it's been fun.
1: Yeah, and it's enjoyable, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, what do you? Uh, You've f- been from Canada. You you get on the uh, ice at all?
1: Um, I've hung up the skates right now, but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm you know my <laughs> like, kids were born and going up. But I, I started I played some hockey when I first got here yeah. and played, and uh, I need I need to get back on the ice now that my kids are getting older and I need to get lose a little little mass around yeah. my waist so there you go well, yeah. what are your kids ages uh, i got a boy that's 12 and one that's 14 so oh, wow. a high schooler a freshman and uh, one that just started middle school so there you go exciting times yeah
0: there you go well well i know we're getting close to lunch and uh and uh your time is valuable but i wanted to say thank you for coming on i appreciate it uh we we crammed a lot into a yeah. short amount of time but uh um, I appreciate you sitting down with me. It's All been right. fun. BJ, it's a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, that's it for uh, listening to Dr. Sorokin. And if you get a chance to uh, come check out the UT Field Days, uh, do so. I, I would encourage you. They're doing a lot of good things here. So once again, thanks for listening. I'm, and uh, that's another episode of the turn, uh, Making the Turn. I'm your host, BJ Park. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.